0: How you doing it's clayton here from howtodrawcomics.net and buttonboroughstudios.com and i'm in the house today with the one and only Aerith saga aka brian yeah my name is brian
1: yeah. yeah it's sad that that's flipped right
0: <laughs> yeah pretty much right i mean i was like i'm just gonna call this guy Aerith. we'll, yeah. we'll go for a beer or something we'll just, i'll just call yeah. you erith what's up man
1: i'm yeah, being called the chick in my comic that's good yeah, yeah, and I still correct themselves, like even Bancroft to go, Erith, uh, Brian, you know, from Aerith. Yeah, like I'll just, I'll just take Aerith, it's fine,
0: totally. I, I gotta admit, as I was writing the description because I said AKA Brian, I was like, is his name Brian?
1: Yeah. Like,
0: because yeah, I just it, Aerith Saga is the name you see around that's associated with you most right. commonly, <laughs> so. Anyway, dude, it's great to have you back on the show again, yeah. and uh, you're doing some big things that we're going to get into today and, and discuss and unpack. Uh, first up, big hello to the chat. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you. We've got Darren Wagoner in the house. We've got American Discord. We've got NTM Comics. Hello, hello. HR, hey, Robert Shepard. Yeah. and uh, and I'm sure a lot more people who will soon be joining us but um yeah so so what's been happening we've had you on before but it's been a little while Brian yeah. since then you've uh, you put out tape 2 for arasaga I believe which yeah. was a massive yeah, yeah. hit great response yep. what, 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 what did people say about arasaga 2 mm. how did they receive it
1: um so the the main thing was you know the upgrade and paper quality the embossing the foil print the the sheer mats insert you know the the paper the level of the like cool extras that came with it the mm. nes cartridge was a really super big hit and oh yeah. box design uh and then i got feedback to where it wasn't like oh man this ruined the book it was it was cut down the dialogue a little bit so i come from a script mm. writing background that's how i write Even Mm -hmm. the comic or even a story, I write it very script style. Uh, Mm. So everything in a movie, people are dialogue, 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 telling the story. And I got to remember in comic books, the visualization tells 80% of the story. And then you kind of just let the dialogue, you know, walk people through the visual panels. So I I need to work on that. I got a lot of feedback on how to fix it. Again, people Mm -hmm. weren't saying it was a make or break, but if they had it, you know, pick something that was just not right in the book it was mm-hmm. that and another thing too is how i make eric talk in my head with the kind of weird english because she's a spanish speaker mm-hmm. to me i read it and i'm like oh that's how she would sound but i'm not i'm not taking into like the account that the reader doesn't hear her voice the way i hear it so i kind of have to baby step them into how she would speak so i got to mm-hmm. that as well but other than that, everyone's been really uh, receptive, and, and you know, they they said they got their well well worth their money, you know, for what they yep. paid for it. So uh,
0: that's fantastic, man. And did you actively seek that feedback when uh, you know you were you were given the, the pointers on the dialogue in your comic?
1: No, uh, that's what's cool Some People our- just
0: told you. They're like, yeah, "Hey, you know what? You need to fix this."
1: Right. Well, and I, you know, it wasn't really fixed. It was just like, "Hey, man, if you want." Something that that we want to nitpick here it is. Yeah, um, I You know, uh, God, why can't I can think of his name now? The guy, uh, Jack Steele or Jack Irons, the writer mm. from Jack Irons. He was showing me these panels, and I didn't realize it was nine panels here, nine panels here. So oh, wow. the reader could have thought that it was a crossed
0: mm-hmm. instead
1: of it going on the page. And I said, "Damn, dude, I didn't even notice that." So that was something that was that was pointed out to me. But what, that's what's cool with this community is. People feel comfortable coming to you knowing you're the mm. creator of it and going, hey, dude, I love what, what you're doing. I love the product you, that I bought from you. If I had to change something, here it is. And I think they mm. know us as creators being any creators, we're not going to go, well, you don't know anything. You've never created a comic book. That's something yeah. I can hear from someone who's a professional working at Marvel yelling at a fan because I'm, mm. I work at Marvel. We're a billion-dollar company. Who are you? But on this level, it's it's nice to know that fans aren't intimidated to say, hey, man, I love what you're doing. I'm, I'm stuck with this, however many tapes you put out. But here's my, here's my suggestions. Cool. Mm. I took everyone's suggestions, and the main one was the dialogue. It was just too much. And I overshot because the first one, people said there was not enough. But now that people have gotten tape one and tape two and see the whole story, they're going – Tape one was the perfect amount. Go back to tape one. So yeah. now I at least have a reference point of, of what's what, what to look at. And another thing is when people say here's a problem but don't give you uh, a solution how to fix that problem, I don't listen to them because they're just being jerks. But mm-hmm. everyone that had a suggestion had a solution of how I could fix that's it or right. what I could do. So that's that's what's really important about this community is is they don't just come at you so they can be like, oh – i helped him you know bold his mm. letters better. or something you know it, it was wow man i sat down and had a conversation with brian about um, pacing on some of the dialogue and he was mm. really receptive because now they're going to go and tell people that this guy's not an ass and it's yeah. more likely people are going to support the project
0: totally man that's so true and i think that um, most people within the cg community they're they're coming at this from a real place where they want to just help the creator out. Because we're all doing this together. We're all in it together. We're watching these projects come together. And the the fans are actually barracking for us. Like, they, they want us to create cool comics because they're the ones who are going to be backing it, who are going to be reading it. So the better we can make our comics, the better the experience they're going to have. And so everybody's... Got a horse in the race here. Everybody's got some level of investment in making sure that these comics are amazing, as amazing as possible. Now, sure, you'll get the the rare person who's just a prick who just wants to, like, tear you down because you're actually doing something right, but that's pretty damn rare. And, And actually, I don't think it happens very much. I'm sure it happens to some people, but...
1: I'm pretty sure the bigger we get, the more... You know, target the target does grow, but
0: well, that's true. I
1: don't hear anybody complaining. Going, oh, the worst part about making comics as an independent is the constant complaining. I I haven't heard anybody say that.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, every five hundred fans, you're gonna get at least a few of them who are who are there to to give you shit. But like the other, like ninety percent of them are there because they really want the best for you and they want to see you do well. They're actually a fan of the comics that you're creating. So, and, and it's awesome that you've been testing things out, that you be, you, you put out Arasaga 1 with the minimal amount of dialogue, you put out the second one with the additional dialogue, and now you've reached a, a point where maybe you can either settle on the, in some midway point between the two or just go back to what worked in the first one. And that's awesome, man. It's not like you're going to stay on this one singular path and never try anything, which is so often what happens within the mainstream is that they're, they're set in their ways and they don't want to change for anybody and that's why book sales end up going down
1: well what's cool with tape three is we're which is going to be completely just the physical part of the book itself is going to make people go
0: hmm.
1: i already know why didn't i think of that because we're doing dream sequences in a really trippy and different way. Um, we're doing paper treatments. Okay. We're doing covered treatments that uh, you've seen in the mainstream, but they haven't really done it to where it serves a purpose to the story. So mm-hmm. everything we do with our physical part of our, whether it's the book or the box or the cool things you get, it plays into the story itself. So it's not really, people go, oh, well, Brian uses a lot of gimmick. Well, yeah, I, I guess you could call that, but the tape you're holding is actually a tape that Aerith puts out in her universe, you know, her world That's singing. Those are her songs. Those are her Mm. performances. Uh, So it's going to be really hard taking the feedback from tape two and applying it to tape three, because we're really going into visual storytelling with this Mm. one. We want to take the reader to kind of explore more the environment of Aerith and, kind of drop these little hints kind of do it like Bancroft does he does a really good job with he puts all these damn little hints in his art to tell the story and you got to go back and you'll see a panel from like page three after you've read the story three times ago okay that's why that's there okay that's a piece cool so kind of taken from what I've learned from him how to do storytelling through the images that's what mm-hmm. we're going to do with tape three. So it's going to be really interesting taking the feedback from tape two, but not really having much dialogue to play mm-hmm. with it. So we'll see. It yeah. might be a complete failure for all I know, but I want to try it. I, I, I got to try it.
0: Absolutely. You know, thinking about it, actually, uh, Michael Bancroft's book, The Lucent and Outer Saga, you know, they, they've got some commonalities in terms of visual appeal mm-hmm. and, and, and the kind of style that's there. And, uh, and just the vibe, I mean, I, I haven't actually had the chance to read uh, Air Saga yet, or the Lucent for that matter, even though I've got it, but i flipped through it. And um, yeah, it's got that European vibe about it, which I think is what Michael Bancroft has been trying to go that for actually within his books. But um, let's talk about some of the uh, the exciting news that, that I've only just heard about as, as far as what you, you were telling me in uh, DMs, which was uh, you're thinking about trying to start your own crowdfunding platform, a, a platform that you have much more control over right. and, and say over. Uh, to, talk to us a little bit more about that and why you've decided to take this route as opposed to the already established ones such as Indiegogo and Kickstarter. So
1: my whole goal for that is, one, uh, I'm trying to build a company the Aerith Mm -hmm. brand and also the Doris Versus brand. And you never leave your brand in someone else's hand. And it it would be horrible one day for all of us to wake up and Indiegogo decides, we're now going to screen everybody before you can launch a campaign. Mm -hmm. We're going to screen before we even let you even have an account. Or actually, you know what? Anybody who's been involved with EVS, you're banned. You know, or anybody who has had a CG tag we now say it's a hate group and you're banned well mm-hmm. there goes your contacts there goes your that go, there goes everything if you don't Pretty have much. a much so what I want to do is after we've uh, hit a certain number and in, in, in sign ups email sign ups and convert them over to SMS messaging we will now be doing launches on our website so mm. we just like it's basically like you said in the back room a pre-order. But one, you're able to pre-order on the website. It's, you have different payment options, unlike Indiegogo. You'll be able to do PayPal. You could do yeah. Amazon Pay, Facebook Pay. One-click Pay, too. I was talking to Amanda B. on Twitter today. She was worried about having to sign up and all that other crap. Well, our website allows one-click Pay. You don't have to do anything. And you can buy crypto. You could back it with crypto if you want. Um, you could buy now, pay later. So that's another thing. Let's say you're a person who really wants that $400 tier, but you mm. can only afford $15 a month. Well, we have buy now, pay later options where the, the credit company gives you 12 months interest free of payments. Me as the person, I'm paying a fee to cover that interest fee. You as the buyer are now only paying $15 a month to get that $200 tier or whatever the math is. I think that's roughly mm. $19, $18 a month. So now Mm -hmm. we've opened up the ability to get people who don't have the money to jump in on crowdfunding too. Now on top of that, now I can give award perks to backers. Um, One, let's say you've backed the the campaign twice. Your next campaign, you back, you get a $10 credit. You can't do that on Indiegogo. I can create certain coupons for certain buyers, people who've bought in three or four times or people who've bought on the website, but they haven't back to the campaign they'll get you know a 25 percent discount to back the campaign and it's all automatic you can set all this stuff automatically you can't mm-hmm. do that on indiegogo so it's not just the crowdfunding aspect it's the customer service aspect and that is my main goal is to provide the best customer experience you, you possibly can and that's in rewards marketing uh product customer journey and ease of backing a campaign like i said if you have um a uh, facebook Pay. You just click it and you've you backed it. And another good thing is as a creator, I don't have to wait 60 days to get my funds. I'm getting the funds the next day. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to put out work. I don't have to wait until the end of the 60-day campaign or whatever. And when the campaign's done, we might be done with the product. So when it's when the campaign's over, we could be shipping it out because we okay. have funds ahead of schedule. So it's That's- not, it's, there's a lot of different options of why I would be moving – over to my own platform and i mean mm. i have a list of 20 or so so things and it just gives the the, the customer better experience uh, i think in, in general and i don't have to worry about waking up one day going any gogo just said f you you're not allowed to be on here
0: yeah i, I completely agree with that man it's a smart and and wise move wise decision uh, big hello to john malin in the chat by the way it's great oh, to wow. see you here bob gable Hey, Char. What's up, guys? Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, Yeah, I think it's a smart move because we've seen what happened with Kickstarter. Uh, Mm. You know, a a new head uh, took over there and really started to um, become very picky about who could crowdfund what on their platform. And that just it's completely fine i mean they're very justified in doing that it's their platform they can do whatever they want with it but it gives you as the creator absolutely no power you're the complete whim of them and that same can be said for youtube and the same can be said for facebook any social media platform that's out there that you're using as the bread and butter for your business and to, to market to reach out to your fans you got to have in the back of your mind that one day that could go away and you have no control over that and to put into place some kind of backup plan that allows you to still be able to interact with and engage and reach out to your customer base and the best place to do that every single creator even right now should have their own website with their own email list that's separate from indiegogo and kickstarter and everywhere else something that you own and a place where maybe you do it, you do some blog posts, some news articles about your business, about what you're working on, that people can come back and check in on, you know, something that keeps them updated, something that keeps them in the loop of what you're up to, makes them feel like they're a part of the process, a part of what you're creating, makes them more invested. And uh, and that really is, I think, the most secure way of growing your business in, in a non in a way where you're not going to be threatened later on in the future in some unforeseen way and you've already done that in a large capacity i know that you've been into e-commerce for quite a while
1: yeah that's our main business with my my wife we own e-commerce stores and mm. that's our you know that's our, our bread and butter that that is yeah. our living right
0: now and and so you know i'm assuming that you look at a lot of stats in order to what's know, what's going to sell best and, and how to get your customers hooked in and, and hungry for what it is you have to sell. So in regards to independent comic books, which, which you've really put a lot of time and investment into now, Mm. and I know that you got a big passion for it business wise, how viable do you see that being in terms of its growth? Do you think that, uh, people are uh, still as in, so interested in comics that you can build a sustainable business from it in the way in which you're intending to?
1: So the, the thing that I would say there is I'm not building a comic, I'm building a brand. Mm-hmm. So I don't need someone to buy the comic to buy the brand. For example, my daughter is obsessed with Demon Slayer. She's never read mm-hmm. an issue. She's never seen, uh, she's never seen a show. Right. But she cosplays all the, the characters, so we buy those. She has all the toys and the chachis and all the other little cool things for little girls. So with comics, for example, this this shirt, this is the Dorse versus Lion sweater. Mm. Um, we went out to one of the outdoor malls on Saturday. I got stopped three or four times asking where I got this sweater. Mm. Well, the comic book is kind of just the stepping stone into building the brand. I'm using the comic yeah. to create characters, to create stories, um, then branch merchandise off of, off of that. Gotcha. And then just using Indiegogo currently to build our small customer base, like the root base. And then yeah. that base will grow from there and from there. So we on our website currently, we still sell shirts. People don't buy the comics, mm. they come and they'll buy the shirts. Um, right. And I think that's another misconception people think where I'm coming from They're going, he's trying to sell comics. No, I'm trying to sell a brand. Comics are just the cool part and the artsy part of it. I like developing product and I like developing merchandise and marketing merchandise. Mm. And, uh, that's where I, I see it going. If, if, uh, creators want to turn this into a business, they need to start thinking about brand and brand is more than your comic book. Uh, what else can you sell? Can I sell, uh, you know, can I sell a godlike t-shirt? You know, those types of things. It's 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 more expansion off of the readable IP.
0: Mm. Man, that's so interesting. This is why I like catching up and talking with you because it gets me thinking about things in a different way. And from what you're saying, it sounds like the people are going to more likely buy the brand than any one particular product. And so let's say that they're a fan of Aerith Saga, the character. Well, they're not just going to get the comic book. They're going to get the wallet and the keychain and the coffee mug of Aerith Saga because yeah. they're a fan of Aerith Saga. They want everything they can find oh, well, of Aerith Saga.
1: four-year-old grabbing me for goodnight. <laughs>
0: That's all right.
1: I'll see, I'll see you later, okay? <laughs> right. Yeah, she's grabbing on. I'll see you in a little bit, okay? That's yeah. all right. She's, she's the one attached to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> don't worry. I got a little ankle biter of my own who I'm sure will be fully mobile soon and yeah. uh, catching me off guard during interviews as well.
1: Yeah, well, I thought she was in bed already.
0: <laughs> They're full of surprises, aren't they? Yeah. But um, yeah, man, so so building a brand for your characters, for your IP, it seems like that's, that's really going to be the key to the success of not just a comic book but also anything that you – decide to create that ties back to that mm-hmm. that brand or IP and I mean I, I guess I could go into you know other people licensing it out from you at, at some point later on down the track as it grows but uh, in what ways so, so in what ways are you building that brand then is it through the comic is that what's building the right, brand so or is, the comic, so,
1: people- yeah I mean in the comic the shirts they're wearing you can buy on the site um mm. and the shirts that we make are shirts that are funny if you're a Spanish speaker or 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 not. Um mm-hmm. you know, we sell excuse me, Rafa's Pinche Gringo shirt, which if yeah. you're in a if you're a white guy, you understand no Spanish, you understand it's a funny shirt. When I wear that shirt, mm. I'm always getting yelled at by like Spanish speakers going, Hey Pinche Gringo, and it's just fun. Yeah, um cool. you know, that, fun on that shirt. So if you're in the kind of the Puerto Rican, Cuban, Hispanic community, you would, you would understand it. Um, just everything that we're putting out there, the double rainbow death punch. That's the, that's another thing that we're trying to push out is you might not like the book, but you know, my niece and my nephew wear double rainbow death punch gear all the time. And we'll probably mm-hmm. do one with like this too. And uh, you know, it sells. And like I said, we've had people buy the shirts. Tacos over Batos is, is a top seller on our website. That's those customers have come back and bought shirts, but they never bought the comic. So people are buying the, the merchandise, don't even know that it's coming from this comic book. But then the people who buy the comic book are seeing, oh, I can get the merchandise that the characters are wearing in the comic book. So it just right. builds, builds it out that way, too.
0: Okay, cool. And I guess, you know, once you've, you've got a list of people who you know have brought the comic book before, it mm-hmm. becomes very easy to upsell them to those other products later on. Hey, if you like the comic, check out Saga's new T-shirt. Right. Right. And
1: that's the plan is to get when we have a certain number mailing list and um, SMS list. That's another thing you can't do with mm. you can't get You can't get SMS alerts. That's mm-hmm. what we want to do on our website. You get a, a, an alert on your phone saying uh, "Air Saga is now live." Here's your ten dollars discount link. I'm going to click it so I can back it and get my ten dollars off for the you know the whatever pack.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. It's it becomes so much bigger than than just creating a comic book. It mm-hmm. uh, the comic book really just becomes one component of it. So. What, what comes first then when selling the comic book specifically? Is it the brand or is it the comic book? And, and how do you get people to pick up the comic book in the first place? Is that yes. through ads? Is it through uh, just Indiegogo, as you've mentioned to me before? What? Is it, there are any other avenues that you've been thinking about or may have tried to get people on board for the comic book and thus introduce them to that brand that you're building? So we're doing
1: um, ads for so I, I did a test for doors versus line mm-hmm. I threw 20 bucks on 4chan just to see because I've never heard advertise on 4chan and mm-hmm. uh, what the hell? Actually I picked up in a thread going what is this effing banner that is going on in our you know what is this dwarf thing that's and they took a picture and I don't know if you know how 4chan works it's an image yeah. thread. So, <laughs> so it was like you had- a screenshot of someone's cell phone screen going, like, "What the hell is this thing?" And I mean, I haven't seen any sales for it, but you never know because someone might see it again and go, "Oh yeah, I heard about that." Um, for tape two, we did uh, no marketing. For tape one, we tried to do Facebook, but that's when we got our account banned because they oh. said that Aerith was trying to influence the election because we said, "Come back us on Indiegogo." and there was tacos dancing in the, in the image. So, what? You know. <laughs> but yeah, but earth's growth has been literally word of mouth, getting involved with the chat community, getting on different shows, making friends, mm-hmm. um, just letting that organic growth, you know, happen mm-hmm. right now. We're not trying to rush it. We want it to be all organic because if you, if your growth is organic, you're going to have customers that buy for a longer amount of time.
0: Mm-hmm last a lifetime, absolutely, and and become real fans, right. which is uh, much more important than just a, a passerby on YouTube who happens to see your, your ad, right. which, you know, I, I don't know. I know that people have different experiences of Facebook advertising. I know that um, Adam Lawson is a big advocate of it. Yeah, And um, <laughs> I know that there's certainly some success that can be seen from it. In my personal experience has always been a massive waste of time. But, um, yeah, it's probably because I'm just bad at it. Well, I
1: can tell you with our clothing <laughs> companies, we do very well with Facebook. That's great. So clothing <laughs> sells will. well. Clothing does sell well. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, maybe it's the type of clothing we, we sell. I haven't tried it with earth yet, mm-hmm. but uh, it definitely, definitely works. it works. It, it's you, you have to put the time into it and watch them. Yep. It's not, uh, oh, here's five bucks, let's see what happens. It's definitely its own job.
0: Right, right. Well, that's in, an interesting point as well. See, so you're the illustrator of Saga, correct?
1: No, I'm just the oh, right. product development and writer.
0: Oh, dude, I always thought you, you illustrated it. Okay. No, I do
1: not uh, So my right hand, these yeah. fingers are fused together, and this finger barely works. Oh, really? But yeah, I had a... An accident when I was seventeen. When I used to bust tires at a uh, American oh. Tire country I had my hand smashed in between a car lift and a two by
0: four. Oh, that's brutal.
1: Yeah. So, so, um,
0: <laughs> so you've I never just, been able to use that hand as articulately as you would like.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is, in middle school, I drew a lot. In high school, I drew pretty damn good. Um, mm. And then got my hand smashed. So I can at least sketch stuff out if I have to. But now with the team we have, I just write. The mm. script and they, they understand my mind and they put it out. It's without I don't have to worry about script that's Just, awesome, know, man. drawing or anything. Or I'll do like storyboards, you know, character storyboards with ideas and go, Here we go. Uh, yeah, that's sweet. You know, I wish I could I was the one illustrating that. I wish I could take that uh that credit, but I can't. <laughs>
0: Well, I guess that does free up a lot of time for you to be able to actually pay attention to the marketing side of things and the promotion right. side of things. I mean, you know, when you're not balancing that at least with your other uh, businesses or business, you're you're a busy man from the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we continue, uh, B Rose. Uh, black rose comics he's uh sent us a super chat here yeah and he, wasted
1: his, he wasted his money because it only works if i'm wearing my and costume
0: oh really yeah. oh, no no <laughs> no well what about even a a, a grr okay. a little Roar!
1: there you go there
0: yeah. we go you got a little growl there <laughs> black rose <laughs> awesome oh hey we got good stuff Comics, skater in the house welcome oh. and rick hey
1: there
0: and uh rick sailor uh hey how you doing man uh perth comics we've got a few people jumping in here now uh, <clears throat> again thanks so much for joining us guys uh we do these shows for you it wouldn't be the same without you we'd be just talking to an empty um <laughs> yeah we got mo
1: in the chat now too there we go now yeah. it's hey
0: now it's a party Mo yeah. bigs beautiful stuff good to see you guys in here um Another thing I wanted to ask you is, do you notice any correlation between the amount of sales you get then from t-shirts mm. uh, to comic books? So are, are people buying t-shirts and then getting the comic because they become a fan of whatever is on the t-shirt?
1: Uh, I think people that stumble upon the, the t-shirt don't even know that there's a comic attached to it. Right. they right to the t-shirt because their mm. friend has it and they Google whatever or their friend said, oh… I bought it off this website. Or it's a friend who bought the comic with the shirt, and his friend's like, oh, I like that shirt. And he goes, oh, yeah, you can buy it off this website that doesn't mm. So that's there's so no, no way of, of really measuring it. But, yeah, people buy way more shirts than they do comics.
0: <laughs> right. Man, that's that's cool. I guess you could always uh, message those people and mm-hmm. say, hey, that T-shirt you're wearing, believe it or not, has a comic.
1: Oh, to it, yeah check it out and that's how you build customer journeys once we start moving everything to the website you can go Mm. um for everyone who's bought just a t-shirt but none of these product categories um go ahead and and check you know you can you can can share uh, products that they haven't bought yet so it kind of introduces them more into your inventory
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely dude that's really cool um i love that you've You've really tried to push beyond uh, just a comic book, you know. I know that so many of us are kind of stuck there right now, just focusing on on trying to get our comic books done and getting people on board for that. But uh, you're taking it to a, a whole other level with your ambitions and and what you want to do with it. So, what do you see as the, I guess the the end game for you as a creator? You know how big. Do you yeah. want to make this? How far <laughs> do you want to take it? So What's I would dream? like to
1: be putting out a comic every month that would and doing be a being able to people where they could subscribe for a year, like a year subscription for twenty nine ninety nine, and you're getting a new comic in a box every month since you. Kind of like uh, so. What we used to do, um, we used to own a, a makeup company, a subscription makeup company, and every month they mm. would get a box. So I kind of want to do the same thing with comic books but not just that you get a comic and then you maybe you get a teaser of a board game that we might be working on oh there. okay cool or hey uh you've you've gotten six months in a row here's a free t-shirt well if you want more here's some new designs so but yeah mm-hmm. we all to be working on a board game too i would love to do a video game there's just so many damn possibilities with with video games especially a dwarves versus lion or doors first mm-hmm. uh cool fighting game um just That's limit, but I would love to be getting to where it's a comic book a month. And I think with the team that we've been building, we could do a comic book a month if we had the funds to do it.
0: Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Like, how are you pulling all of this off, or expecting to do all of this? Mm. Um, Well, I mean, how are you even doing it now without an additional team of people? Because this, like, your your daily schedule must be just absolutely full to the brim. With, yeah with all the stuff you've got to manage for something like that like the t-shirt business and then the comic book and then the promoting side of things like dude i get like i have i get like one thing done on my list a day if i'm lucky so
1: i think uh my ADD helps a lot <laughs> right if i'll set a list of things that i have to do and if i don't get them done by the end of the day i can't fall asleep but uh it, I'm, I'm lucky, man. The guy who does the main artwork for Erith, he can mm. concept, pencil, ink, color, and letter. That's great. But now we've brought an Ollie into the mix from 656. Now he's our color and letter guy. So mm-hmm. I can knock out concepts and inks. And we also now have another inker and, and penciler with Juanito. So we can pencil ink all day long. Mm. We have, then we have let throw it to, to oliver who can color and then letter all i need to do is bring another three guys on and we can definitely knock out a comic a month and even if mm-hmm. it's like two ash cans that'd be you know, i'd be cool with two ash cans and then the next month you get a comic and the next month you get two ash cans the next month you get a comic as long as there's content mm. that is my goal is to have a subscription service with comics and then when we do something really big we pre-ordered on the website whether it's a book whether it's a plushie or a plushie set or a board game or an expansion of that board game or a video mm-hmm. game the crowdfunding part will be left over for the, the big ticket items that we would need upfront uh cost yeah. for but i mean <clears throat> people in a, you know the creators kind of know what the cost is of developing a book if we get a big enough war chest we could definitely fund ahead of time um, and if we could prove that we could knock one out once once a month, um, you know, mm-hmm. I think people would pay 29 dollars a year to get those comics.
0: Yeah, for sure. We for would. Sure. Really, I mean, we
1: definitely need to have a large user base though, too. <laughs> you know, we're talking yeah. we're talking like ten thousand subscribers for it to be uh, viable. But you're not. <clears throat> that model's more of a marketing piece because it's not the comic that you're making the money off. of. The comic is to keep the person interested. It's almost like anything with these subscription services. Um, for example, we do the, uh, the HelloFresh. My wife and I, we pay mm-hmm. a, a weekly with the HelloFresh, like 60 bucks or something. But they also try to upsell you with other things too. So we'll be like, well, it's already coming, so might as well spend another 40. That's where you're making your own money. And the subscription mm-hmm. model would be the same thing where we're probably losing money off the subscription service, but we're actually probably four times in our money because people are going to buy more stuff along the way. So it's all about that uh, contact sheet. Be able to email someone out going, hey, new shirt. Hey, new uh, whatever. Hey, something, something. Yeah.
0: Right on. And how do you keep that list warm? Are you just promoting products to them or are you doing – uh, you know, email newsletters where you're telling them about some cool stuff, giving them in the, the inside scoop on what's happening, updates on your, your current projects, that kind of thing. Because I, uh, I once heard that it's it's not even necessarily in how big your list is, but rather the relationship you have right. with them. And uh, and I mean, that in and of, a, of itself can be tough to maintain without, you know, well, regular emails. The cool thing
1: is is that with like systems like Klaviyo, it will set up segments for you. So it's going to know who your top buyers are. It's going to know who your buyers who haven't bought something in six months. It's going to know your people who interact, open up depending on the content. Well, this person's always opening up uh, when you're promoting shirts. This one's always opening up when you're promoting a blog post. So you can Mm. create all these automatic segments. And that's the thing is you don't send the same email to everybody. You send different segments to different people and you let the system build those different segments for you. Now when you want to launch something big, you send it to everybody. But when you're sending out those weeklies, you're sending out very segmented. Um, okay, my top buyers, I'm always in this email going to have a deal in there somewhere. Uh, the people who don't buy, I'm probably only going to send an email once a month to try to slowly turn them into, you know, the churn rate back in tech terms, you know, getting people to come back and buy. Um, Mm -hmm. Those people you send out once a month, but maybe you might send like a five dollar coupon or a ten dollar coupon or something free if they order now, and then that puts them into an active buyer segment, and then you try to turn right. them into a high tier. So it's literally mm. segmented, and then you're just trying to take people on this journey to get them into the most active pool possible, and that stuff's all automated with these these systems that you can connect with Shopify.
0: Right. So this is through Shopify. You're- yeah you're creating a list and emailing them. Right. Well, the breaking them into segments.
1: No. So Klaviyo is a, um, is a management system. So it's a do SMS Mm -hmm. management and also do uh, uh, email management. So then you can also set up automations. If someone browsed, let's say someone went on your website and they looked at your comic book um, and they know that person through their IP address is a, is a past customer they'll go and send that email or an SMS message going hey I saw you looking at this comic click here get an extra 10% off mm-hmm. and it, it, but this is all automated. It's just you got to put the four-letter word everyone hates hey, work. You have got to put the work in. You got to set it up. You got to you got to invest right. in yourself cuz these things aren't free. But in the long run mm-hmm. they do you know they do return turn the money, especially SMS right now We have a 7,800% return on investment with our SMS. So for every dollar that we're spending, (laughs) yeah. Wait, what? Yes. With SMS, yes.
0: That's amazing.
1: It's crazy.
0: So SMS is the key, is it?
1: SMS is the end goal, yes.
0: Right. Hmm. I always (laughs) thought about that because... Like on some of the things I've been setting up on my website as well, they uh they give you the option of asking for a phone number for the SMSs. And in the back of my mind I've always been like, But are people really gonna put in their phone number? I mean that's some kind of personal info there that they they would cause.
1: But if they trust your brand, they'll give you right, true. Go back to the whole brand thing.
0: Yeah. And, and look, I, I guess a big part of building that brand as well and, and gaining that trust is through these YouTube channels that, that we create. Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, being able to be uh, interact with us and engage with us and, and get to know us through the, these live interviews essentially that we do you know they get even right now you know people are getting to know you people are getting to know me as we chat mm-hmm. here they're getting to see how we interact and interact with them and I think that goes a long way in, in generating cultivating a certain level of familiarity and you know it makes us feel like we're all friends right. and you know if your friend has something cool to offer you something cool to show you, you you're probably going to check it out. Right. I mean, that's the idea.
1: Yeah. And like I said, the goal, our goal before we move over is to get a certain amount of email addresses that are active, not just collected, but we know they've interacted in in the past or have been an active uh, backer, either on social media Mm -hmm. and then a certain amount of SMS. And then once we can get a lot of SMS, we know that conversion rate is just,
0: Massive. That's insane, dude! I can't believe that.
1: Yeah, SMS that's is crazy. Massive. So, we were—I was at lunch last week uh, with the boyfriend of, of one of my my wife's friends, yeah. and he owns a shit ton of business, just a ton of businesses. And he was telling me about this clothing company where they just use TikTok and SMS, and they're like $10, $15 million dollar company, and that's all they use—TikTok and SMS. They use TikTok to collect phone numbers, and then use the phone numbers to. Get the
0: sounds. What? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Man, yeah, I've been hearing a lot about TikTok. I've been hearing a lot about TikTok, and it's looking more and more like an investment of time that might be worthwhile as well, far as – Google
1: on the most used uh, website or app or whatever over Google, so that's, that's something right there.
0: Oh, TikTok is? More
1: time, yeah, more time. They beat Facebook on time. They beat YouTube on time. And you got to think it's just videos of 15, 30 seconds yeah. compared to where you can watch an hour show on – I mean, you can rent a movie on YouTube. So, yeah, yeah. TikTok is – yeah, TikTok's crazy.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. is crazy. And it seems like if you're, you know, a newcomer, uh, to the platform it's it's not as hard as you'd think to start getting a following on there which I which is probably the biggest sell to it right now if if you get on board and I don't I don't think it's too late from what people have been telling me um, and I've also heard that they're going in a little bit more of a uh, an educational direction uh, which is a good thing for comic book creators I think because if you're showing you know, breakdowns of your pages. It could just be even line art, flats, and then finished colors. Uh, you know, letting people see what is involved with that process. Uh, for some reason, that kind of stuff is doing well, both on TikTok and also Instagram Reels. Right. So it's just, again, finding the time to do all that stuff. Because if you're illustrating your comic on your own, right. dude, your time is pretty much taken up doing just that. Right. And maybe collaborating once in a while on, on YouTube with some other creators and giving updates and that kind of thing. But well, they're all trying the other push, stuff.
1: Uh, so now what they're advertising is you actually buy their tokens. So now they're even, in a way, doing their own crypto. And oh, now- wow. So you can give other creators the TikTok tokens. So you buy tokens and then transfer them over to other creators, tip them. Um, and now TikTok's trying to get more into e-com as well. Because they know people mm. on TikTok are very like instant buy click, so they're yeah. they're building big stuff like really big.
0: Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, it's interesting. Every time I have a, a moment where I go into buying frenzy online, I always study myself very intently. Mm. I go, uh, okay, why am I in such a frenzy right now? Why? What is causing this this impulse to buy something? Uh, why is it getting set off and what's interesting is that the more you buy something the more addictive it becomes it's like you you open up a a door essentially and you just keep buying if you've ever had a buying frenzy on ebay or amazon Amazon, you know what i'm talking about
1: no i i yeah amazon's bad um (laughs) it's even worse when I go shopping on Amazon and I see the cart already full with the stuff my wife was going to buy before me. <laughs> um, but Amazon, just, it's, it's another thing. It's one click. I know I'm going to get it here tomorrow. And yeah. they, they know that. And that's why they're trying to push uh, e-com stores over mm. to uh, Amazon fulfillment centers.
0: So they're mm. basically
1: controlling your whole fulfillment and you're just sitting back shipping your stuff to their fulfillment centers. Uh, which is yeah. kind of bad because then again they're controlling your whole distribution uh, vein, but probably what's going to end up happening in the next five years, anyways.
0: So. Totally, man. Um, now, of course, we got to get up uh, dwarves vs. lion oh, yeah. because uh, obviously we want to promote it here today. It's a fantastic looking book, but also I think you've done some really interesting things again with uh, with your innovative ways, Brian. Yeah. Uh, what we end up seeing is this. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but you seem to have really <laughs> pulled people into the book. You're making them into dwarves yes. and creating this uh, this competitive spirit w- within your, uh, I guess, potential customer base. Yes. Um, <clears throat> look, look at this here. All right. E- explain, explain this. We've got <laughs> Bancroft and we've got Malin. So. uh, what we Wouldn't wanted to do to... Is, is stretch goals
1: are great, no? Um, but I, I feel I feel there was a way to make stretch goals fun. So what we yeah. did is, I was sitting, sitting when we were thinking about how to do this. You know, we knew we were going to do two teams, Team Lion, Team Dwarf. How do we get them to? How is there a competition? I said, okay. Well, there's levels. Well, how do they get to those levels? We'll do dollars. Um, so for, anytime anyone backs the Team Dwarf box set or a Team Dwarf book, that money goes into the pool, whether it's Team Lion or Team Dwarf, and this is kind of the scoreboard. And as they hit different financial stretch goals, uh, they'll unlock power moves, armor, and stuff like that. Uh, So now it's created a a, Mm -hmm. a backer versus backer type thing here. Well, crap, we need to get another $100 so we can hit that next power move. The Mm -hmm. other kicker is just because you unlock a power move, your team then has 48 hours to get to the next power move where that power move is botched. Oh, so wow. the last two power moves became botched. So now we have to write in the comic book. And remember that the backers are controlling the comic book. We don't know what yeah. we write. We're waiting for the, the backers to, to see what happens. So now we got to write the forehead bash, which is Bancroft's special move. We got to write that botched. And then the main quills from Team Lion botched. So we have to write that and draw that botched as well. So it's really, not only are they involved in the unlocking of the different moves and armor in the, in the comic, but they literally are writing the comic and a lot of our friends are literally in the comic. So it's, it's really cool. Um, we kind of like scraped the Malin thing. He was on Lord crackhead and they were kind of explaining to him and I don't think he knew what the hell they were talking about. And he just said, well, lion would win. I'm team lion, but I, I go, you know, it was said on YouTube it's public information. I'm, I'm clipping that. And then of course Bancroft on launch. Mm-hmm. so said we gotta keep that deadline's fuzzy ass. So um it's just fun. Yeah. We wanted a way to not only bring in the backer community into this, uh, but also the creator community. And like Juanito just popped in the chat saying once they complete this list of moves, we go into level two. Level two unlocks monsters that we're gonna throw into the arena that they have to battle. But the backers will decide which monsters go in first.
0: Oh wow. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's going to be really cool.
0: Okay. Awesome. So is this working? Is this increasing engagement Are people getting psyched and, and excited um, for the book?
1: We did $5,200 on Bancroft's launch. It was the biggest launch he's ever had.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so incredible.
1: Built up a lot of hype. Um, cause people were talking about it and when we launched it just, you know, it yeah. hit on it in 42 hours. Um, mm. It's already we're, we're we already did what the goal for Earth Day two was, so that's, oh. that's you know that's good.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: So people, everybody knew about it already. Mm-hmm. They were waiting for it. They knew it was coming, and so on launch day, you had a bunch of uh, excited um, customers ready to jump straight on board. So yep. that's the key Like you can't just, you know, launch your campaign out of nowhere right. and and expect people are going to to jump on board the first day. Right. There there needs to be some kind of buffer period where you're building up the hype a little bit. Is that correct?
1: Exactly. Yep. And the hype was to get the backers to divide in teams and mm. talk, talk to each other.
0: <laughs> and it se- yeah, it seemed like uh, the, the hype was a v- very engaging type mm. of hype for the backers. I think introducing that competitive aspect to it uh, right. really does, uh, you know, gets people's blood pumping. It, it makes it more than just about the book all of a sudden. It, it, it ties a much more powerful emotion to it. Mm. So it's uh, well, smart. That's well, very, it was cool too, smart. because
1: the, the opening night we had two slots where you could buy uh, to become a door. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe someone's going to buy one on Bancroft. You know, he he pulls in the numbers. Uh, They sold out in five minutes. So I'm like, people really want to be freaking dwarfs and getting annihilated by a lion. So we went on Lord Crackhead's channel the next night, put two up. One was sold. Like, I don't even think I pressed save before it was sold. And then 20 minutes later, the second one was sold. We have ads in here. The back cover was, was sold right away from Chris Bisk. Um, two of the inside ads have been bought. It was just like, what people, people really, you know, the hype worked and they've seen the quality of the drawing in it. And they're seeing the the uniqueness of how this comic is being created. Um, I think that's what the hype was, was like, Whoa, we can actually, we actually get a, get a control what's going on in this book. And we don't even know how it's going to end. Like the writer, the creator of this comic book doesn't even know the story. And it's like, no, we don't. We have no idea of how it's going to work. So that's why we do weekly meetings. We have a show tomorrow where we kind of oh, wow. go with the storyline of what's happened in the past week as far as backers and now write based off of what they've backed and what they've unlocked.
0: Oh, okay. And is that all live? Like that's a yeah, live I, show.
1: Live. Yeah, we did. We created mm. one of the monsters live on air last week. We had the chat throwing in their input. So they were literally creating the monster that Juanito was concept art in.
0: Yeah. You've really managed to gamify, uh, Mm -hmm. this campaign, this campaign, which, uh, I've never seen anything quite like it before. You know, this, this is what I mean. You're doing a lot of different things, uh, Brian, which, uh, you know, people are are surely going to be looking at and paying attention to, especially if it works Uh, which it looks like it already has started to, I mean, it's such a fun idea. That it's almost like, how how could it work? It, this doesn't sound businessy. This doesn't sound nope. marketing. Nope. It sounds like a kid came up with it. Exca-
1: ex- exactly. It is literally made to have fun. That was the whole point. And yeah. I think, depending on who you back, whether you're Team Line or Team Dwarf, you're actually getting a different experience too. So, if you yep. back Team Dwarf, you're getting the Team Dwarf cover, you're getting the Team Dwarf box, you're getting the Team Dwarf sticker, and the Team Dwarf patch. So, you mm-hmm. actually feel like you've won something. Based off the decision you made, so it's not. Here's my comic book, twenty five dollars. This is what you're getting. You're going, damn, I got to actually make an a, a, an mm. interactive choice here, and this will actually change the course of this comic book. So, it, it, right off the bat, we're not going off impulse buy. We're going off of like, like that kid feeling again. Like, oh, mm. which toy do I want in the aisle? Mom says I can only buy one. You know, okay, well, this one has the cool shooting arm, yeah, but that one has the water gun, you know, that kind of fun feeling, that nostalgic fun feeling. That was the whole goal of this is how can we make a, a comic, a brand, without needing the marketing and involve the feeling again of comics? Mm. How do Hell we yeah, how do we play on people's emotion? Like how do you go, No, I don't want that freaking line to win. Like, dude, I gotta get my buddies to buy to back this just because I don't like that line. You know, that's that's the whole that's a whole purpose of this of this of this experiment.
0: Yeah, and it'd be cool if there was some kind of um, reward at the end too. Like maybe uh, whoever the winners were, uh, mm-hmm. they would be the ones on the front cover. You know, if it was going to be dwarfs, they would be the ones on the front cover if they. Well, won we're going to do, like uh, do a
1: an in game. We're probably going to do it. Oh, I think we're doing. It, I'm pretty sure an in game poster. So whoever wins, that will be the poster. That will go in the box that's sick. so there, there will be a final you know winner image of what of what happened I think we're gonna uh, I think Esquibo said he would do it I just haven't confirmed but if is gonna do it we know it's gonna be amazing
0: oh hell yeah man a big welcome to Lord crackhead by the way it's good to see you here man always a friendly face We've got arrogant ape in the house El Padrino as well that's the
1: artist for this for this campaign.
0: Oh, there you go, man. He's he's talented, dude. Yeah, he's insane. Yeah, he's he's exceptionally skilled. Nice, very very nice. But we, well, we did promise.
1: Uh, we did promise Eric the Guapo. If we hit twenty k, we would do a what if ash can. So let's say Team Lion wins, we would do a what if ash can, showing what would have happened <laughs> if Team Dwarf won.
0: Dude, that's cool. <laughs> um, so you know. That, I just have a thought now i don't know much about nfts okay Ah, but but i feel like this whole situation here with buying the dwarves Mm -hmm. if they were nfts they are they would actually they are is that what they basically are well
1: we literally have nfts and arrogant ape who's in the chat bought the first one and today he got his first nft reward that no one else can get unless they own one of our nfts
0: now, does that also mean that you get to have your dwarf in it? You as the dwarf in the book—is that kind of the idea?
1: No. So the NFT are, you're all buying right. kind of a um, membership, all and right. the dwarfs all look different on the NFTs. They're all random generated. uh got okay. number one. With that, he got a bunch of perks and a bunch of unlocks and special editions that no one that aren't available on the campaign.
0: Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> well, cool. not, some
1: people go oh nft it's a jpeg no this is uh you're getting a membership receipt basically a digital membership receipt yeah with all these cool perks and he got this hoodie in the mail today but his has his nft on it with his nft number inside the uh inside the hoodie
0: oh see yeah. that's sweet as man and yeah i mean that's the thing right everybody goes well it's a digital file but I think there's a lot you can do with a digital file, you know. I mean, like I said, if you if these were NFTs here, and having it meant that your dude, your dwarf was in a comic book, and like that's cool, like that's really cool, man. I think that there is, uh, you know, there's some interesting things going on in that regard with with what you're doing here. Um, you know, I, I know that. So, so when you say that people were able to buy dwarves, it was as a perk essentially. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that so cool. the by the was a perk. The NFTs are a completely different ballgame.
0: That's awesome. Oh, here's wow. our Look stickers.
1: It's a double pill sticker. So the front sticker is uh, either the face of Modorf or the face of the lion. And then when you're peeling it, the backing is like <sighs> their skull being, their, you know, their skin being ripped off.
0: Whoa. Yeah, dude, that's sick. Say, so how do you find somebody who's gonna do this? Uh, this is
1: five sticker printers to figure it out.
0: <laughs> Whoa. So you had the idea and then you found someone who could execute it. That's right. So cool. we
1: had, we saw the idea. Well, we, we saw a company, a U S company, we saw an ad and I was like, Oh cool. They do that. I've never seen that before. And so I hit him up like, Oh, I can't wait to get these stickers. And I got the, the, the sample and I was like, this isn't what I wanted. It was just a sticker. And then on the back, they printed it. And I go, no, no, I want to peel. I said, I want pill to peel the dude's skin off. And they go, we don't do that. We can't do that. Uh, <laughs> so we, we did, you know, we, we contact a couple of printers in China. They tried to do it. They couldn't do it. Uh, right. one, we figured out how to do it. And I said, cool, let's go.
0: That's sweet, man. Wow. So this was kind of new, even for uh, sticker companies, by the sounds of it. Right, that's well, how innovative this, it was. The,
1: the Diaz brothers, when they saw this, they're like, "We're working on," they're you know, they're trying to work on the same thing. So hearing that they're even, they ha- they weren't able to just go somewhere to get it. That they've been working on, trying to find people to do it for them. It shows you that we. I don't mm. even know if besides them and myself, anybody's looked into this because when we got these printers, are going, you can't do that. They don't. We don't have that printing ability. Dude. So now we had to create our own, and I'm pretty sure the Diaz brothers are going to have to figure out with their printers how they're going to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to keep all the secrets to yourself, is what you're saying. Um,
1: I will <laughs> share them once these actually get out to everyone and it's not a failure. So, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I don't want to do totally. that. Good with, idea. Like, dude, I just spent 500 bucks and they sucked. I and it's like, well, ha-ha. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, this is so cool. Like I've never seen anything like this before. It really does bring me back to being a kid in the 90s when, uh, you know, you'd pull this kind of thing out of a cereal box. <laughs> um, but yeah, really awesome stuff, man. I'm looking forward to this comic. Now, because you're still in the progr- process of writing it and developing it, even though there's some very finished, polished-looking artwork here... When when are you expecting it to, to all come together and be sent to print?
1: So we will know what the last few pages are, not until the campaign closes, because we gotcha. don't know what the end goal is. Um, once that's done, it will take me a day or two to write the script. Juanito can whip out pages freaking insane, so I would say a week to finish those. Oliver's going to throw them to his flattener, color those another week, send them off to mm-hmm. the printer. Three weeks, uh, no, sorry, not three weeks, so... One and a half week to print and then one week, you know, to, to load up on dock and then four weeks to ship. We're hoping February, March, April. I we have this padded to not be here until July, but I think we could get mm. it before June.
0: Okay, cool. Well that's pretty awesome. That's quick.
1: Yeah. But yeah, here's the artwork. Here's B Rose getting annihilated, you know, in that one. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> splattered yeah this is some beautiful artwork this is this is looking like a really cool comic book
1: oh dude this has been to not have to worry about story and plot and just having fun this has been the funnest like art project uh i've yeah. ever been you know part of
0: and was this like did this start off as like a meme or something from what i remember yeah. like it
1: wasn't a, it wasn't ever oh,
0: supposed to be a thing but it became a thing So
1: well, in 2003 2002 i don't remember it was myspace days a guy made a fake BBC page and it said that there was this midget fighting league that fought lions. It made its round on the internet. I brought it up in conversation one day to my buddy and it turned into an argument in a bar and then the whole bar started arguing about it though too. So it's That's been awesome. an argument for 20 years with me and my buddies and one night on change show um, I was having some sexual difficulties and I just threw out uh hey Shane, who would win fifty midgets for a lion, and the whole night was that conversation. On
0: oh show. wow.
1: So I said I need to turn this into a comic
0: and voila. It, it clearly has some um you know, people get fired up over it clearly. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome man. And what's this here? This looks like a figure of some kind. That's
1: the three D print, the three inch three D print of Lion. Oh,
0: that's awesome.
1: Yeah, he's cool.
0: And will that be uh, ultimately painted up, or are you just going to ship uh, it no, out as just
1: a people blanks? Um, cool. The last prints we did, we sent out a couple painted, and the people were like, "No, I like to the paint them myself." So. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. We just stayed. You know, we're sticking with blank.
0: Yeah. Wow. I wouldn't trust myself to paint something that cool. <laughs> oh, and what's this here? This looks well, so
1: good. So the tape two we had, we had an NES cartridge. For air. Oh dude. So now we're doing it for every campaign, so now it's a collector's of all the you know the different campaigns we're doing with the NAS cartridges So that label more work by Juanito.
0: So so how the hell do you produce something like this? So I you
1: mean- uh, you can either buy them pretty expensive through Amazon or you find a supplier in China and you mass buy them at very cheap, but you have to buy a of them uh right Then get them and you have to build them yourself you have to screw them all together yourself and then you have to make your own labels and put your own labels on them oh yeah so wow. it's uh, it's not a <laughs> yeah the last tape i you know i had to put together quite a few uh nes cartridges and label them
0: <laughs> and do you do oh, those yourself just by hand
1: yeah just yeah i, I don't know uh, if i can do the manual labor there's no point in paying someone
0: damn dude that's crazy, yeah. Wow. And are they just what, what, like plastic? I assume, like plastic molds of basically what these games would be.
1: They feel and smell the same as the old school NES cartridges. Okay, they have that sound to them when you tap them. It just has that that sound you'll never, <laughs> you'll never like forget as a kid hearing that sound when you tap a cartridge.
0: Man, that's sick. I love that. It's so different too, man. Like you're. Your campaigns are some of the most, are the unique, the most unique campaigns out there. It's nice. Like no one else is offering that kind of thing. It's uh, it's quite different. But yeah, did awesome stuff. I don't have enough good things to say about uh, this book and the campaign, and the creator. I think you're doing some great things here, man. And it's it's good to see you lifting the game. Essentially, uh, you know, putting the bar a little higher for for, for other creators to strive for you know i I think it is creators like you who push the envelope a little bit in that regard and you know give us new ideas and and help to broaden what the the real potential is here with crowdfunding comics
1: yeah that's you know i'm just gonna test stuff out and if it works then people are more than happy to ask me how it was done and give them a contact, and if it fails, I have no problem people pointing and laughing, you know? It's fine. <laughs> <cool>. oh.
0: <laughs> I mean, you, you can't, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't be afraid to take risks. It, it is all trial and error. That is honestly what business kind of is. It's like I used to look at uh, successful business people, and I would, I would just be really intimidated. Because I'd be like, man, how do they – I mean, yes, you've either got it or you don't. You've either got the mind oh. for this or you don't. But honestly, what I've realized is I, I don't know that they know exactly what they're doing at all. I think they're just trying shit out and they fail enough times in a small amount enough of time to, to redirect fast enough to come out the other side better off for it. Yeah. So. It, it, it is literally the
1: game of banging your head against the wall until it, it, yeah. it puts a hole through it. That's that's <laughs> all it
0: is. Hell yeah. That's exactly it. All right, man. Well, uh, let's check out the trailer for. Oh, Dwarf have Breath you seen of... it? Have you seen no, this? No, I don't think okay, I have. I, uh,
1: okay, turn your speakers down just in case. It's pretty oh, okay. metal.
0: It's pretty what? It's pretty metal. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay, warning everybody <laughs> turn your speakers down a little bit. cool <laughs> yeah, a little different awesome <laughs> back dwarves versus lines so okay that trailer yeah amazing <laughs> custom rock song yep like do you just know someone in a band
1: yeah we have we have a studio <laughs> so we have access to, to oh really cool. shit yeah uh, lyric sorry the, mu- the vocals was, were actually done by uh, Matt Seaborn he's an inker and I was looking oh, wow. for a bulk list, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I you know I can sing what's the project, and I give it to him and I say, "How much?" He goes, "Dude, you're saying that I can do a heavy metal baby shark? I don't want any money. I want to do this now. so that's sick. <laughs> he did it, and as a thank you, we made him a dwarf.
0: Wow, yeah, that's awesome. so sick, dude. Yeah. It's such a creative, collaborative uh time, isn't it, yeah. right now with yeah. uh with us Indies. I love it. I love it. This is this is how it should be. You know? Exactly. Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on today and, no, and telling crazy. us. Yeah. Yeah, telling us all about dwarves versus lions and and what your plans are and how you want to revolutionize the 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 way in which backers jump on board with comic books and Dude, this is this is all information that I'm sure every creator out there will find very very valuable. So I appreciate it, and uh, and I hope you guys watch it multiple times and share it as much yeah. as possible as well.
1: Please, please, please.
0: Big thanks to uh, to to those of you tuning in. Rich Ayala, hey dude, how you doing? We've got Dojo Kun Comics who's just joined in. We're just about to wrap it up, man. But it's good to see you made it here anyway in the end. We've got Stoneman, we've got and 8 A Hero's Path, Mr. Von Stugel, Psycho Film, Stoneman, a bunch of wonderful, awesome people. Also got Comics Mate in the house. Hey, man, how you doing? He had a, uh, a great suggestion before. He said, just put chicks on your website and you'll start yep, getting subscribers. i will always
1: win. That's
0: pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, look, I wish it wasn't that way. No, I lie. I'm glad it's that way. <laughs> it works for a reason got oliver in here what's up man all right well thanks so much again to you brian uh we'll have to do this again my friends because it's it's always an awesome time
1: sure man just let me know i'll be here
0: hell yeah till next time everyone take care of yourselves and we'll catch you in the next stream remember to subscribe leave a comment if you'd like to see more of more interviews like this and, and we'll be sure to cater to your wants and needs And every desire. All right. See you next time. Bye bye.